Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It was not much of a winter and certainly a tough season for those anglers that love to be out on the ice. Uh, no doubt here in southern Minnesota, uh, around the cities, boy, it was really, really tough, but even tough up north. And Steve Carney joins us. SteveCarneyOutdoors.com. He's been joining us for years here on the weekend. And, Steve, uh, really time to put the gear away and, and think about the opener. You got it, Steve. Uh, good afternoon. I am so glad it's over. I can't even tell you. I am so happy. <laughs> I spent the last three days putting everything away, and um, yeah, there's a lot of things, you know, when you put your stuff away, your ice fishing stuff, there's some things you really need to uh, take heed on. Um, Number one is your auger blades. You know, we're using um, lithium battery-powered augers these days, but those blades, you just put it away in your garage or in your pole building, they're going to be total rust by next fall, and that is bad news. So make sure you get some WD-40 Spray those blades down really good and then put that cover back on and you'll be fine by next fall. But there's a lot of things. You know, hub houses, Steve, you know, those are huge. Those kind of tent-like structures you see everywhere that have become very popular. They have turnbuckles on the inside where those bars are hooked into and those will really rust up. And you got to get some WD on that, too. And, you know, the big thing with these portables and hub houses, put them out in your driveway, air them out. Don't dare put those things away wet because you're going to have mold and all kinds of issues because, you know, those are put away for seven or eight months. And if they're put away wet, you're going to have issues. So, you know, you got to really, you know, pay attention. You just can't throw the stuff in a corner and, you know, expect it's going to be fine in eight or nine months. So it takes um, some preparation, you know, for next year. Yeah, and, and Steve, clean and dry is a big one. And and I think no no matter what outdoor gear you're talking about, you want to clean, you you want to dry, and and you, you want to store it in a way that it's going to keep those critters, especially if you're going to be in a shed or an outbuilding or in a storage unit, et cetera. You, you got you to gotta make sure. And then, and then beyond that, you know, any of this electronic equipment, you know, anything with wires, et cetera, you, you want to put some sort of repellent in there to keep keep the critters away. Yeah, you know, Steve, you can take, um, like, dryer sheets and throw them in your portable, yep. and that works just fine. Um, but, yeah, you definitely want to air those out and get all the uh, dead wax worms out of the floor and any kind of, you know, protein in there that the mice are going to find. And try to get those hub houses and those portables up off the floor. Get them off two or three feet and get a little elevation and keep them off the floor, whether it's in a pole building or garage, you know, be a lot more successful keeping the rodents and the critters out of there. 
and also your reels. You know, I know so many guys get done with ice fishing, they're tired, they take their reels and rods, they throw them in a bucket, and they're in a garage, and it's like you can't do that. you got to strip all that line off and get rid of that monofilament because you leave it sitting in a pail or whatever it is for eight months, you're going to have serious memory issues because that's what, you know, uh, monofilament will do. It develops memory over time. And next, you know, fall, you know, early winter, you take those reels out, you're going to have bird nest problems. And that is no fun when it's cold out. So I just tell people, strip the line off, take it completely off, and then, you know, re-rig next fall and put fresh line on. So very important. Steve Carney joining us. Steve Carney Outdoors. Rumor was you were at the Missouri River. (laughs) Wrong rumor, Steve. Um, I'll be there at the end of the week. I just brought my new boat home today, kind of tearing through it, getting some of the bugs out, uh, getting things rigged up. So I'm going to have a group uh, at the end of the week on the Missouri River looking for at least two decent days of 50s. I would love to see a couple days of 50s, but it's been really a roller coaster out there. One day is nice. As you know, in the Dakotas, when you used to live there, pretty tough to get two days in a row of stable weather in the Dakotas at this time of the year, but uh, I'm going to take a shot at it. I'm going to be at the Sioux Falls Sports Show uh, right after that, so I'll be in uh, South Dakota for a whole week, if you can believe that. Yes, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to check in next week on the show and give us an update on what happened out there. But but right now, it's it's, it's just kind of a waiting game, and, and South Dakota certainly is a, a good option if, you, if you're willing to make the drive. I mean, in in reality, from the cities to Chamberlain, if you stick with it, you can get there in six hours. Yeah, it's about six and a half. It's actually 372 miles if you want to get very specific, and I've made that hundreds of times. And yep. But there's other options. You know, the Rainy River up in northern Minnesota will be opening up in the next week or so. Uh, you got Devil's Lake fishing from shore, you know, is really good. Probably another couple of weeks. And I think we're going to have ice out uh, northwestern Minnesota, northern Minnesota. It could be 10 days, maybe two weeks. So it looks like we're going to be at least a month ahead of schedule. So it's going to make it really interesting for the walleye opener and, you know, see what the crappies are doing and Traverse and Big Stone and all those things that are coming up. So, um, yeah, we'll see. But, boy, we need rain, Steve. we got to get some rain. The lakes are hurting uh, I've looked at a lot of the accesses, and they're so low. Um, there's a lot of weeds sticking up there that weren't before, and, boy, we need a regeneration of rain. Uh, obviously, we're not getting snow, but, boy, we could use some rain because we're going to be in trouble, I think, this spring. Yeah, and there there is a little bit of rain in the forecast coming up. And really, the the only good news for, for winter lovers and, and really the – if we do get rain here in the cities in southern Minnesota, there isn't any frost in the ground, so at least it's going to be able to soak in and it's not going to run off. And, you know, it just never seen anything like it. I, I've been around a while. You've been around a while. This this is one for the books for sure. Yeah, and there's going to be some issues with um, that invasive weed called curly pondweed, which tends to really take off in the spring on a lot of lakes. And when we have no snow cover, um, a lot of those weeds actually grew through the winter because there was, you know, you had sunlight penetrating. And, you know, with the low water and this weird winter without snow, 
Um, there could be some serious invasive weed issues here coming up this spring. I can kind of see it coming, but again, if we get a lot of rain, that's going to really help and, you know, make things be better than what I think I see right now. It's so we'll just have to see, you know, what mother nature throws at us. And, uh, we're heading to a great period here coming up in the spring. Um, really looking forward to it, especially the early crappie fishing. We could get maybe another four or five weeks of good crappie fishing here with this early ice out. So it, it looks good for the most part. All right, Steve, uh, safe travels to South Dakota and the Missouri River, and we'll visit with you again in a week. Sounds great, Steve. Have a great rest of your weekend. All right, there he is, Steve Carney. Steve Carney Outdoors joining us here on the weekends for years and years. And by the way, our outdoors coverage continues on Sunday between 5 and 6 with Rob Dreesline from the Outdoor News. And, of course, podcasts are available at the website, WCCO Radio. Dot com. Uh, hockey prime time. The end of the regular season in college hockey coming up. The NCAA tournament just around the corner. Uh, who's in, who's out, who's on the bubble. Uh, we'll get into that with Jess Myers and get his thoughts on the state tournament bracket. A new look state tournament, especially on the A side starting Thursday in St. Paul. Jess Myers from the rink live joining us in a moment. Here on News Talk, E3-O-W-C-C-O. Big week next week, State Boys Hockey Tournament, XL Energy Center, St. Paul. Bracket released earlier today. It's online at WCCORadio.com. Take a look. Make your predictions. Uh, this is, in, in a lot of offices, uh, there, are, there are attorney brackets that are handed out and uh, Jess Myers joins us from the rink live to talk all things hockey. And Jess, uh, this, this is kind of a new look state tournament, particularly on uh, the double A side. You've got perennial power, Edina, the number one seed, but Jan has knocked off Minnetonka. They're the number two centennial beat Maple Grove. They're the number three. You got white bear Lake. They took down Hill Murray in the game at Aldrich last night, uh, and then, of course, Grand Rapids beat Andover up in Duluth at Amsoil Arena uh, to claim the number five seed in Section 7AA. Uh, the other teams in the tournament, Elk River Zimmerman, a four. Creighton Durham Hall, a five seed. Rochester Century and John Marshall, uh, they, they kind of end the streak by the Lakeville schools. They get to the tournament, so should be fun starting on Thursday in AA. Here's what's crazy to me about this field, Steve. Grand Rapids beats Andover last night in overtime. Dramatic game. Grand Rapids is the only number one seed out of a section that advanced yeah. to the tournament. How about that stat? You've got yeah. seven seven teams in the tournament that were not the top team in their section, including you mentioned Chanhassen. I was at that game against Minnetonka at Braemar a couple nights ago. Wow. Just, you know, if there is any better more intense hockey than a section final played in a packed barn between two good teams. I have not seen it. It's, it's, it's just fantastic. And what a time of year. Uh, I, I also went to Bloomington Ice Garden the, the night before. So I saw Edina advance, you know, and, and perennial powerhouse Edina. And, and what's funny to me, Steve, is it's so easy to say, oh, I hate Edina. You know, I can't, I can't say Edina, anybody but Edina. Then you sit down and you talk to these kids and you, you realize, they're 17-year-olds, and they're having the time of their lives. And how can you dislike, you know, the, the pure joy that goes on? Even 
on a program like that, a team like Edina that seems like they're there every year and they've won, you know, what, a dozen titles over the years and, you know, just right. such a fun time of year. Well, I, I was at Braemar for the 3AA championship and it was St. Thomas Academy against Creighton-Durham Hall. Creighton-Durham Hall wins their section. They're a five seed, the lowest seed to make uh, the field. But Mad Funk's club played great. They beat number one Eastview on Monday night. They got a phenomenal goaltender and Owen Nelson, who is just absolutely lights out. And then on top of it in that game Friday night at Braemar, Pack Barn again. You have Mike Randolph trying to become the winningest coach in boys' high school history, and he came up short in a 3-1 loss. Mike Randolph will be the winningest all-time coach in Minnesota high school history at some point. He's just going to have to wait another, uh, you know, until next November probably to make that happen. Yeah, but that's uh, right. yeah, yeah, you know, talk about Creighton, uh, a team that really surprised everybody and you know they've put together a really nice run here that's another fun thing about this time of year is just the unexpected nature of it now it's almost the opposite in class a it seems like it's kind of uh, a lot of teams we expected to be there in class a right. and uh i think just a fantastic tournament field um you know warroge is the number two seed in class a and they were also the number two seed in their section they knocked off east grand forks uh to get back there a team that's been state runner up the last two years you know, you've got you've got Hermantown there, kind of a, a you know, I'll, I'll just say it, it's kind of a ho hum thing. Oh boy, Hermantown's back. You know, there's <laughs> right, all that yeah. talk and controversy about whether they're playing at the right level, and, and you know, they've been so dominant for so long. But you know, a, another great team, and uh, that that bracket looks just stacked with Orono and Matamidi and just you know, St. Cloud Cathedral, just some really really good Class A teams. Yeah, and uh, once again, uh, Warroad uh, comes to town, and uh, you you have a bit of rooting interest there, Jess. So, well, you know, it's my it's my hometown, and I and I know those <laughs> folks right. well. I I saw them, you know, up at Hockey Day Minnesota, yeah. and, and they did a great job. Here's another great stat, Steve. Hockey Day Minnesota had eight boys teams play uh, over the the three days there. Of those eight teams, one of them, Warroad, made the state tournament. That's just crazy to me. Why Zeta didn't get there, Moorhead didn't get there, Rozo didn't get there. You know, some some really good teams. Uh, Warroad was the only one out of the eight Hockey Day Minnesota teams to make it down here to St. Paul. Yeah, and uh, the tournament begins Wednesday with 1A, 2A on Thursday. Semifinals, great day on Friday. And then, of course, championship Saturday. And the consolation games are going to be at Aldrich this year, Mariucci Arenas. Not available. And by the way, Jess Myers joins us from the rink live on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. All right, college hockey. Let's start with the Golden Gopher men. Uh, They blow out Michigan, and uh, they're locked into the three in the Big Ten, right? Yeah, absolutely. It was weird. We had a lot of drama last night. We've got no drama tonight. Everything's set. The playoffs are absolutely set in the Big Ten after what happened last night. Gophers are going to be the three seed. They're going to host Penn State in a best-of-three series next weekend. And that's always kind of a tough weekend for the folks who sell tickets for the Gophers. As fun as this team is, as good as this team is, you've got students on spring break. You've got state hockey tournament going on. I mean, it's the, the bizarre world of Minnesota hockey where everything takes a backseat to the high schools for a couple days, as, as it should be. I mean, I'm, I'm not complaining about it. But that'll be a good series. The Gophers handled Penn State uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, shut them out twice. So they look like a, a team that wants to get back to the, the Big Ten tournament for sure. And congratulations to Michigan State. This is a team 
that was perennial in, in the basement of the Big Ten standings. Two years ago, they went out and got a new coach. They made a little bit of strides last year. They did great stuff in the transfer portal. They won the Big Ten title last night. Uh, they become uh, the seven teams in the Big Ten. Six of them now have won the title. How about this stat? The only team that has not won a Big Ten regular season title, University of Michigan, which is you know a national powerhouse seemingly every year. So and in any case, congrats to the Spartans. They're your regular season champions, and they have their eyes set on getting here to the Frozen Four in St. Paul uh, in, uh, in April, definitely. All right, NCHC North Dakota, uh, number one, but uh, there, there's some drama behind uh, the Fighting Hawks. Yeah, St. Cloud and Denver, who are playing this weekend in St. Cloud. Denver won last night. They're jockeying for position, trying to get, uh, you know, get things set for the playoffs. I did say, Steve, it's a good year to wear green and white because North Dakota's almost certainly going to win the NCHC. They wear green and white. Michigan State won the Big Ten last night. They wear green and white. And congratulations to Bemidji State. They win the CCHA title last night. They, they smoked Minnesota State Mankato and kind of end that reign that the Mavericks had had atop the CCHA seemingly forever. Uh, a good Mavericks team, but, but Bemidji State was a little better, came on late in the season, and congratulations them to them uh, winning the CCHA title. Yeah, there, there you go. Uh, St. Thomas, an outstanding year in the CCHA, and as, as we've talked about, uh, not, not really a sleeping giant, but, but we've mentioned it before, Jess, they, they get the new building online. Uh, look out for the Tommies men's and women's program. And another one I want to say look out for, for Augustana. I, I was down in Sioux Falls. My my wife is from there. My kids were born in Sioux Falls uh, once upon a time, but but my, my wife, Sioux Falls native, still a lot of in-laws there. Checked out the new building over at Augustana. Oh, my. And I there, can, there's already I a lot of... see that place. Yeah, it, it, is, it is the real deal. And I, I, I just think... They already get a lot of kids from the cities and from Minnesota to go to school. It's a good school. It's been around a long time. But uh, that that building's going to be a draw, and it's a growing town. I, I, I think they're, they're going to get a lot of players in there for Augustana. And they're playing in the CCHA, you know, so they're yep. going to have those rivalries with the Minnesota teams. They're not too yep. far away, yeah. And and Garrett Rabwine, you know, Gophers assistant coach, uh, longtime St. Cloud State assistant coach, played for the Huskies. He's a he's a Minnesota kid. He has done a fantastic job there, and he had an interesting advantage because he basically had a year off to sit and build a program, um, a very different route uh, than the way St. Thomas did it, for example, where they took a Division three program and just decided to to move it up to Division one basically overnight and had the the kind of the growing pains that went along with it. Uh, really cool to see how quickly they've been able to put things together at Augustana, and you're absolutely right. Having a building like that to draw kids to is going to be a huge advantage. Yeah, it it is. They they, they spared no expense uh, uh, on that that rink. When, when when you get down there, you, you're going to be pretty impressed. Um, WCHA women's hockey. The Golden Gophers lose to Minnesota State on Friday night. Uh, they're up six one. I don't know if it's gone final yet. But uh, they're going to need to go to a third game to get to the WCHA final face-off. Absolutely. And, you know, this is not 
a huge surprise to folks who watched the WCHA regular season. The Gophers won all of their games with Minnesota State Mankato, but nothing came easy. And you see what John Harrington has done with that program down in Mankato. Um, you know, it's not that surprising to see them turn in a game like that and play as well as they did. This is a good Gopher team. It's not a great Gopher team, but they are capable of, of nights like tonight where they, you know, kind of flip a switch and turn it on and score a bunch of goals. But they, nothing comes easy for this team, and they've had to scrap and claw. So not a huge shock to see MSU Mankato come in and, and win one in a, in a playoff series, which will force you know, a Sunday game now uh, to decide who moves on to, to the final faceoff. And beyond that, uh, NCAA tournament projections for Minnesota, they, they've, they've got to be in trouble, I would think. I don't think they're necessarily in trouble. I mean, they certainly have some runway here to, to straighten things out okay. uh, with a win tomorrow. And if they get into the into the WCHA tournament, which, of course, is played on their home rink, you know, which is an advantage, yep. obviously, but to play in a place you know. But, um, you know, just I guess it shows the nature of just how good and how deep the WCHA is top to bottom this year and for a lot of years now. Yeah, it, 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 sure, it sure feels like Ohio State is – the odds-on favorite, I, like, it'll be a surprise if they don't win at all. I, I wrote about this earlier in the week, but, you know, PWHL Minnesota, they went out and traded for Sophie Jakes, who was uh, the superstar for the Buckeyes the last couple of years. Now she's playing for Minnesota, a star defenseman for them. She won the, the Patty Kazmaier Award yeah. last year, which goes to the top player in women's college hockey. And uh, I talked about a little bit after their game on Tuesday, they played over at 3M Arena at Mariucci, just how odd it is for Sophie Jakes to hear cheers when she plays in Minnesota now. Natalie Darwitz, their general manager, said, well, I had a front row seat the last couple of years watching all the stuff she did against the Gophers. So when they needed defense, it was pretty obvious who she wanted to go out and get. So kind of fun to see, you know, these, these WCHA stars that were hated by the Gopher fans and all of a sudden they're beloved in Minnesota. Yeah. Final thought. Wild Blues coming up at five today. They're not mathematically eliminated, but the Wild are in trouble. <laughs> I made this analogy a couple weeks ago, Steve, on, a, on, a, on another show. I will make it here. Do you remember the movie The Sixth Sense? You know, with with Bruce Willis. It's about oh, a twenty-year-old sure. movie. So I, I don't think I'm spoiling anything on, on a twenty-year-old movie, but. You know, I said there was that movie where Bruce Willis was dead for the whole time and he didn't know he was dead. That's kind of the way the Minnesota Wild, uh, I look at them for about the last month. You know, they've, they've scratched and clawed. They've got some wins here. They cannot win games in the division. And if you can't win games in your own division, you're not going to make the playoffs, as sad as it seems. So that creates the drama of the trade deadline coming up. And what are they going to do? And are they going to be sellers? And, and what can they get if they decide to sell off some assets? So, yeah. I, I just don't have high hopes that this team is able uh, to, to have enough runway to, to put a push together here in March to get into the playoffs. Yeah, eight back of the final wild card with 22 to go. So there's there's still a lot of games to be played, but that's a lot of points to make up. All right, Jess, good to visit with you. Good to talk hockey, Steve. There he is, Jess Myers from the Rink Live, joining us here. News Talk, A3OWCCO. Uh, the weather, Timberwolves, they dropped one to the Kings last night. Uh, are, are, are there things to be concerned about with this club? We'll get into that here on News Talk, A3OWCCO. Gophers win at the barn, beating Penn State today, 75 70. 
Once again, Minnesota beat Penn State. The final 75-70, Cam Christie, 19 points in the ball game. Elijah Hawkins had 18. Once again, Gophers win 75-70. Timberwolves are idle. They're coming off a loss last night to the Sacramento Kings in overtime. And joining us to talk hoops, Kevin Lynch, Valley Sports North. Kev, how you been? I'm doing well, Steve. I, I, I was thinking about you recently, Steve. I was like, when is when is WCCO going to hire this this guy and like uh, get your own show during the week? And and you're a gold mine. Don't they realize that? Wow, Kev. Uh, checks in the mail. Kevin Lynch, part time agent. Um, yeah. No, I. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Here, here's the thing. I've always appreciated my role because I have a full-time gig during the week uh, in the printing biz, and and I like that job, and I like the people I work with, and I really like my role here, and it's been a great role. I've been on the weekends and filling a little bit for Henry Lake, and it's been been good, and I'm perfectly content um, at this point in my career uh, to do what I'm doing, but thank you. Uh, that that is very nice, and I should say, you do a phenomenal job. Uh, <laughs> you don't you, have to say that. <laughs> no, no, I, I've said that before. And and the thing, you, you you still look like you could play in the association. I mean, it, 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 you don't age, Kevin Lynch. It's amazing. <laughs> Well, it's amazing what makeup and and uh, what what a, a rug can do up on top of my head. You know, I got the new rug, and it's uh, yeah, it's amazing what what TV can do these days. But no, I appreciate you saying that. But yeah, sometimes I do think, man, Steve should have his own show. And but if you don't, you know, if you got other stuff cooking, I I completely understand it. But you're you're damn good, my friend. Well, thanks. And you know, the funny thing is, like I had an opportunity last night. And I know you'll get a kick out of it because I know you like to go to high school sporting events. Yep. And I I still, Section 3 AA final at Braemar, boys hockey, Creighton-Durham Hall against St. Thomas Academy. And the energy in the building and the passion and, and what was on the line and a chance to get to a state tournament. And, Kev, you, you were there way back in the day at Bloomington-Jefferson. Winning a section championship to go to state, those are huge games. Oh man, no, yeah. you're not kidding, no. Because I, you know, I got I was lucky enough to <clears throat> when I was in high school to get to three state basketball cha- uh, tournaments, and we had success there. You know, winning it a couple times. You were oh. third place my sophomore. My sophomore year actually might have been the most talented team I played on when I was in high school, but. Yeah, no, you know, you talk about those regional or sectional championships, all the the regional games. Oh. It was it's nerve wracking because you can have a great season like regular season, then if you just a guy gets in, injured or there's foul trouble with one player or you get some referees that aren't very good or whatever and and your season can hang in the balance because you lose and you are done even after a great season. So those were those were almost the the, the most nerve wracking games for me when I was a high school player was the the sectional championship game and then the first round of the state tournament back in those days because if you lost the first round in the quarterfinals then you played early morning like the next morning like at St. Thomas or or Augsburg or something 
and you're you know you're not even playing in the St. Paul Civic Center, which is where it used to be. But so yeah, those first the, the sectional championship game and the and the quarterfinal game in the, in the tourney, and and those were nerve wracking games. Yeah, and you know I see it in all 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 these these games I've done over the years, and it, it's always a thrill and always an honor to be there for it. Yeah. But but the finality of it. And, and the joy of the winning team, and it happened to be Creighton Durham Hall beating St. Thomas Academy three to one at Braemar last night, and then the, the disappointment yeah. on the other side for the cadets—you just feel for the kids because they worked their tails off all year and came so close to getting to state and yeah. realizing that dream and playing at the X and TV and all that goes with it. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, you know, what makes wow. me think of is. is um, when in 2020, right before everything got shut down, oh, and Eden, yeah. the Eden Prairie boys basketball team was going on that run, and Dave Flom, who I just have a lot of respect for, he's a really good coach at Eden Prairie. He's a friend of mine. So anyways, uh, I went to the game when they played, I think, the sectional semifinals when Eden Prairie had that really good team. They're undefeated, and they played Prior Lake, who had Dawson Garcia, you know, a current Gopher player, and, and division, you know, 6'10", 6'11". He was really good, and and so Eden Prairie won that game, and then a few days later, everything got shut down. So this is March of 2020. And so Eden Prairie uh, beat uh, Prior Lake in that game. This was at Eden Prairie High School. And then I was kind of in the hallway right outside the gym, and Garcia came walking by and some of the other Prior Lake players, and he was, he was in tears. I mean, this guy, you know, he's going to Marquette at that time and Division One player. He's got a bright future ahead of him. And yeah. his high school career was over, and he had tears rolling down his face as, as he was going into the locker room. You just feel for these kids. That's, that's 100% true. You just, your heart goes out to these kids because they pour everything into what they're doing when they're, you know, teenagers, high school kids, and it's over. And the finality of it is it stings. Yeah, it's it, it, it's just an incredible moment, and and like I say, to to be a small part of it or call a game like that, yeah. like I did last night on the internet, it just it, it's not lost on me on, on how much meaning there is for right. for for the kids in those games. Kevin Lynch joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline uh, onto the Timberwolves. Uh, the, the Kings kind of have their number this year. Um, it, it, it turned out to be a, a weird game, but ultimately it was one of those games and, and Alan Horton brought this up and I, I think it is really a good point. You know, the Timberwolves have struggled in, in these tight games since the turn of the new year that, you know, they, they've had a hard time finishing here and there. And last night was a good example. Yeah. I don't know if it, if it's, um, yeah, they 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 finish better the first you know th- three months of the season and yep. teams are I suppose teams are just playing them tougher and and sometimes it's a particular matchup you know Sacramento took it to the Wolves uh, this is back in November when when they this is at Target Center and, and the Kings were were playing there and it was the final game I think uh, or the second to the last game for that in season tournament. It was at home, Sacramento Wolves are right there to qualify to get to Las Vegas or get to the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament, and Sacramento just took it to the Wolves. And it's, I don't know if it's just the, the particular matchup, and, and they, they kind of just play well, Sacramento does, against the Wolves. They, they play really fast. They try to speed up a slower, bigger team. 
Sacramento does. And in that particular game back in November, they stuck a ton of threes. And uh, but yeah, they played really aggressive uh, last night against against the Wolves and. Wolves got off to a slow start, which they've been kind of getting a, a habit of recently. So, um, and then of course, you know, hey, if Anthony Edwards plays the second half, you know, he probably guards Malik Monk and shuts him down to some degree, and and then he scores as well. So, I think if Edwards, you know, plays a full game, Steve, I think Minnesota wins the ball game. But that's just my my feeling on it. Yeah, and Malik Monk went. Absolutely nuts. 39 points, 16 of 29 from the field, 5 of 8 from outside the arc. I mean, that that is an unbelievable effort for a guy coming off the bench for the Kings last night. You know, you know what's funny about Malik Monk is I've kind of been, you know, last couple of years, I kind of was hoping he's floated around the NBA a little bit. He's been a six-man kind of a scorer off the bench most of his NBA career. And he's just kind of that wild card where he he can get really hot and do exactly what he did last night. And then other games he he's a little bit more quiet, but he's he just got that. Uh, boy, it'd be nice to have a guy like him on the Wolves that kind of like that punch off the bench as a short shooter scorer. But yeah, he's done this a long time. He's he played at Kentucky, and then I don't know if it was Charlotte that drafted him, but he he came into the NBA and and. Uh, He's kind of been doing the same type of role that he's got with Sacramento his whole NBA career. He's just a guy who can get red hot and he can carry you. And um, yeah, he's he's a guy that uh, it's it's he's a headache to play against when he gets revved up, and and then other times he's quiet, like I said. But last night he was he was unstoppable. Again, I think if Anthony Edwards is plays in the second half last night, he would have I'm sure guarded Monk. And I don't think Ed, – because Edwards can lock down people. We've seen it before. So I think he would have slowed him down enough. But, yeah, he ran wild and made all these shots, and, and uh, he, he carried him. That was without De'Aaron Fox, too. Yeah, a King's solid team, no doubt about it. And the Timberwolves have another tough one. A matinee tomorrow, the L.A. Clippers in town. And, you know, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, you know, he, he, he maybe is, is – under the radar compared to some of the other superstars in the NBA, but he's really, really good. Uh, fun player to watch. Yeah, you, you know what's interesting, and this is probably five years ago. I'm trying to think when when Toronto won that championship and Leonard was their best player, and then you know he quickly left left after that championship and went to L.A. But there was a lot of talk back then when he was in the prime of his career before all these knee injuries. That he might be the the best all around player in the NBA, and and uh, he's you know, he's kind of got that personality Leonard does, where he doesn't really seek a lot of attention. He's kind of an no. introverted, quiet guy. But yeah, when he's healthy and and uh, you know he's he's still one of the top players, and but nobody really seems to talk about him like they they did maybe five years ago. But yeah, the Clippers are good. But let me say this: the Wolves have kind of they've kind of dominated the series a little bit the last year or two with with the the Clippers so uh, the size seems to bother uh, Los Angeles a little bit more maybe than other teams yeah another thing I wanted to get your thoughts on before we run out of time when we don't have much much left cap and and that is kind of the resurgence as of late of LeBron James and Uh, it is unbelievable how many miles he has in his legs, how long he's been around. It's it's pretty extraordinary. Yeah, you know, he's I've, I know I've said this before. Is, yeah. is he's he's one of the 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 
freakiest athletes, you know, one of the most impressive physical specimens, I think, that has played any sport at any time. He's just, you know, if you stand huh. next to the guy, he's 6'8", he's like 6'8", 6'9", 250 or 60 pounds and just sculpted out of granite. And even though he's in his upper 30s, he's a phenomenal athlete. I heard he spends a million bucks on nutrition and and uh, you know, weight coach and strength coach and da da da. You know, he spends the money, and uh, this is what you get when you get a guy like that. It doesn't seem like he's hurt very much either. He's gotten hurt a little bit recently, but for the most part, the guy plays. Yeah, and and all the games and all the years, yeah. it's just wow. And and playing at a really high level, and the the, the club still right now in the ten spot and. Uh, looks like they're going to at least get into the playing tournament the way it looks. Well, Kev, always good to visit with you. Uh, hopefully we can do it again soon. Thanks, Steve. Let me know anytime. There he is, Kevin Lynch, Valley Sports North, Timberwolves analyst, Timberwolves and Clippers tomorrow. Another marquee showdown, 2.30, Target Center. And then uh, the Trailblazers come into town on Monday. Uh, that that helps. That that. That's certainly after uh, the Clippers on Sunday getting the Trailblazers in here on Monday is a good team to play on the second uh, day of a back-to-back. Quick break. We'll come back here at News Talk, 830-WCCO. All the news, all the weather at 5, and then we're not done. Loons opened at home today. They were able to eke out a draw with the Columbus crew. Andy Greeter will join us. From the Pioneer Press, he covers the Loons and Golden Gopher Sports. Um, P.J. Fleck is going to get more money. What a world. Uh, We'll get into all of that with him. And the Wild and the Blues open up. Josh, uh, real quick, are they done? Are, are, Are the Wild cooked? Or is there still a chance? Um, It's tough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, it's just... It's hard to tell because the teams that are in front of them also are somewhat inconsistent, except for the team that we lost to in Nashville. They are riding a seven-game uh, seven winning streak, so they're winning when it matters. Um, but on the, other they, fl- on the flip side of things, looking at the wild season, they made their bed. They, unfortunately, are having to lay in it right now because they've had a lot of games where they should – just should have had. There's no reason or exception for it. They should have had a handful of games in the last two months, and they didn't. So it's unfortunate. It's it's not looking like it's going to be April or even May hockey for them. So yeah, and and they really got worked over by the Predators. That was ugly with a capital U, and then uh, the Blues today, a team above them. In the standing, so it, it starts today. They 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 need a W. They do need uh, to win sure. against the Blues. That is a team they need to win. There's no exception. <laughs> yeah. There's no other. And if they lose tonight, it's yeah, it's it's done. The old cliche: one game at a time for the Wild. Uh, quick break. Once again, the news and weather at five, and then Andy Greeter here on the CCO.